Welcome to the Conscious Educator Playground, where we collaborate with trusted educators from around the world to ignite and empower a passionate community committed to revolutionizing education from the inside out. Join me as we create our lives and our cultures on purpose. This is the Conscious Educator Playground. Let's play. Hello, everyone, and happy Thursday or Friday, wherever you are in the world. Um, I am here with Sheba Rashada, as always, to uh, kind of dive into the deep end of what's been going on in the world, um, as we as we tend to talk about with what's going on in um, the world of education. And today, we're we're actually gonna we're gonna go deep today. Um, not that we don't always have deep conversations, um, but today we're gonna dive in and, and talk about. Um, this epidemic, right? I mean, how do we how do we give it another word, Shiva? Um, it's of these school shootings. It's how many times do we have to say enough is enough? How many times do we like? And we, there's so many of us, right? There's so many of us that are like enough, like enough, enough, right. and we're done. We're like, and yet. Our children, our educators, our parents, our families, our friends are living in fear every day, wondering if their school is going to be next. Not okay. Never okay. And there are a lot of conversations that are happening. There are a lot of um, a lot of amazing people doing good work um, in the healing and the recovery and, and also in the, the working on prevention. There, there are a lot of good things that have momentum uh, and, and it's, not, um, it's not enough yet, obviously, because we're still here again with what happened in St. Louis this week. And there is no sense to make of a senseless tragedy. There are no words. Um, for these families impacted. Um, so I want to start a different conversation or I want to join a different conversation. I'm probably not the only one thinking this um, is why are we in school? Let, let's go to root cause. We could talk about the symptoms all day long and we can have really passionate conversations about how to fix the symptoms. And what I believe in my bones, in my soul, is that if we don't have a different conversation, in addition to the conversations we're already having, I'm not saying to stop those, we're going to be missing the point and the point of getting to where this is a thing of the distant past is getting to the root cause of what's really going on. And not one of us has the answer. It's all of us together. My, my thoughts about my solution are just a piece of the puzzle. It's going to take all of us collectively together having these conversations and saying, okay, that's a symptom. How do we get to root cause? And, and really asking like, why are we in school? Let's get to the purpose of school. Like truly for what greater purpose? 
beyond learning math, beyond learning science, beyond learning history, beyond the surface of what we're teaching, those things are, are important, right? And why? For what greater purpose? Let's have those conversations. Let's have thought circles and circles of trust and conscious com- conversations where we get to say, for what greater purpose? For what greater purpose? Over and over and over again, until we get into these depths of conversation to get to the true purpose of school and the true purpose of, of who we are together and how we show up with one another in our communities, in our homes, in our schools, in our organizations, in our grocery stores, for the love of really like this is a human mental health crisis that we're experiencing. And it's time to have a different conversation, have a more in-depth conversation. The news media, um, there's, there's a lot going on there, right? There's, because there's a lot going on in the world. The article, the first article I read about the St. Louis shooting, uh, the journalist I felt did a really good job. Um, and it was probably one of the most disturbing things that I've read um, in hearing, reading the accounts of what was happening in real time um, for each of these students, um, the ones that survived, the teachers. And if you haven't had a chance, um, take a look. It's not easy, it's hard. Sheba and I were just looking at, you know, to see if there were any updates. um, And unfortunately to see if there were any others that we hadn't been made aware of yet. And Shiba, I think your your comment was, really? We have to double check. And that's that's the sad part when it happens so often that yeah, sometimes you do. <laughs> yeah. Which is the sad part about it. That's the sad part about it. And I um if I can, I'd like to dive in. So, you know, like why do schools exist? I'd like to throw this in from a student perspective, because in a lot of the books that we read in school, um, I'm an English teacher, for those that don't know, the question that I ask the students often is what role does school play in the lives of young people? And my students, most of them, the majority of them agree that school is necessary for the social aspect. They, especially teenagers, because I teach high school, they are more, they feel closer and more aligned to their friend group, people that are their age. Those are the people that they are listening to. Um, My students will say, yeah, the learning is fun, but This is where I've made friends. This is where I've created family by choice. And I think what we didn't talk about enough during COVID is when students were taken out of the building and they were at home and then they were learning virtually, the suicide rates 
among students went up sharply. Uh, my son graduated in 2021, which was the full, you know, virtual learning year. And two students that he was friends with at his school committed suicide. And those are the things that we don't report on. Those are the things that we don't hear about. So one of the reasons why I think schools exist, Sandy, is for it's the opportunity for students to have these social interactions with other young people that they wouldn't have otherwise. You know, it's hard to just go out in the street and just generate friends out of nowhere. <laughs> so I, I think that's one part of the puzzle. Yeah, absolutely. And if we think about that social aspect, mm -hmm. where is the curriculum that actually teaches human behavior, that teaches, you know, positive psychology, that teaches effective communication, that teaches and where are those primary classes, right? If we think about the, the, the things that we need in order to, to achieve a high school degree or, or sure. you know, a sure. high school diploma or a college degree, sure. like sure. Where, where are the human skills? If, if that is the greater purpose, right? Is, is one of the, the defining purposes for the students, right? Why do they show up every day? Sure, sure. They, they show up for their friends or they show up for their piece of paper because they should, right? Okay. And, and they, they do show up for their friends. I will say this, Sandy, I think in elementary schools where you have school psychologists and school counselors that will push in to teach those social skills. So I think that there is a curriculum for that, but I think we do lose that once the kids get into middle school. So sixth grade and beyond, a large piece of that is missing. It's no longer part of the instructional day. Right. Like it is when they're, you know, very, very young. Right. And if we look at, at brain development, our brains aren't fully developed until mid-20s. That's right. And neural pathways are being formed and, and neural pathways can evolve. Yeah. There's so much emerging science in how our brains are wired and how we we change and evolve our consciousness. And it's fascinating and it's important and it's vital in every aspect of life. I was just putting together um, the curriculum with one of my board members for Genius School US and um, for a camp we have coming up on the 11th, where we're one of the things we're going to do is, is talk about designing your life. And these are, these are sophomores and juniors in high school that'll be at this camp. And when we, when we think about the components of it is like, you know, why do you want this vision? Like for what purpose and, and what is your vision for your life? And let's be very intentional about it right. and be thinking about using their inner genius, like their natural brain wired strength. We have them take the teen dynamics assessment, just like we have the adults in the schools that, that we coach take the talent dynamics assessment. Mm -hmm. uh, it's truly about designing your unique path. And when you can do that in a way where starting in sixth grade, you actually have a plan that you've co-designed, not one that's mandated for you. Yes, there's guidelines and there's, there's things that, you know, need to go into it in order to give you foundational skills to grow into them. Yes, absolutely. And where, where are these human 
interaction skills. I mean, the, these are important things, whether it's choosing your career or choosing your significant other that you're going to grow old with, um, you know, or have for whatever chapter of your life, depending on your views. Um, some, some of us shifted our views along the way Absolutely. from, oh, uh, you know, 2.5 kids and white picket fence and grow old with someone. And, sure. you know, some for some of us that worked and some of us that didn't work, you know, we had dreams. It's okay. Um, I'm talking myself off the ledge. Um, but to really be in this place where I'm kidding with myself, by the way, um, let's get real, right? That's one of the things that I hear from students, um, in the kid in the schools that I go to and in the camps that I lead Mm -hmm. is let's just get real. Like they want the real life stories like don't sugarcoat it don't pollyanna it let's let's be real and talk about our emotions talk about our feelings yeah i think you were talking last week about you know one of your highlights was the young lady that just shared with you because you were a safe place to share i've yeah i've got that mom teacher thing going on now Yeah. I, I know how to navigate it in a great way. And I and I like what you're saying, Sandy, too, is like, you know, students wanting the adults at school or just in their lives to get real. And then what makes this such a hard, um, such a hard road to travel is we have to consider what parents want. Mm-hmm. Because usually for these real topics that we know kids need, mm-hmm. those are the ones that parents generally are supposed to provide. Mm -hmm. So in order to determine what that means or how far we can go, Mm -hmm. it can, it can leave school districts. And and I don't care if it's private school, chartered school, public school into a lot of legal issues, right. Depending on what is talked about. So I definitely agree that conversation has to change. Mm -hmm. I will say this, what I've seen Post quarantine, Mm -hmm. since we've been back in buildings, the social emotional aspects of learning, that is a huge piece Mm -hmm. in a lot of districts, really teaching students how Mm -hmm. to not only process their emotions, but how to articulate them in a way that they can get the things that they need and at the same time be respectful of others. So we still have a lot of work to do. I mean, obviously, if we're having school shootings, we still have a lot of work to do. And I, and I want to say, too, like, just like, you know, for our students, things need to be totally geared for what they need. It's very difficult to do this when we have hundreds of thousands of school districts, millions of different schools to even get a level of consistency right? where we say for our nation, this is the standard of mental health services that we offer, the supports that we're able to provide. What I will say about my school and our school district is that, um, you know, we have 504 plans that consider students. Um, so it's not only just their learning needs, but their behavioral needs, the supports they need in class for them to do well. And at our school, I think we have like three school psychologists, like 
with doctorate degrees that do this work and counselors, not just the kind of counselors that are, you know, um, setting kids up in class, real therapists. Mm-hmm. And our students have these beautiful passes that they say, I need to go and see the school psychologist. So that's an open door for them. Yeah. But what's happening at school B down the street? Mm-hmm. And what happens when the students from my school meet up with a school B kid down the street and when there's conflict without that type of consistency, are they even hearing each other? And I think that that's an issue too, Sandy. How do we, how do we normalize this for the state of education in our nation? You know, that's such an important question, right? Is, is, is how do we normalize Mm -hmm. mental wellness? Absolutely. Normalize mental health challenges. Yeah. And it's, it's a growing conversation, which I'm so, so proud of so many people doing this work, right? There's so many of us that are, that are having similar conversations mm-hmm. and, and yet, you know, we're still, we're still stuck, right? We're, we're still butting our heads up against the legal challenges and the challenges that you're describing yeah. uh, for what's going on in our homes and what do parents want? Because, you know, parents have the first right of what their children are exposed to. Absolutely. And when you think about public education, you think about, then we go down the road and the rabbit hole of um, the, who has access to what, right. And now we have, you know, the, the inequalities and we have right. the challenges are never ending. And, and Mm -hmm. the opportunities Mm -hmm. to show up and step up and give back and contribute are endless as well. And that's like, we had to start somewhere, you know, so many of us know the story of, of the man throwing the starfish back into the sea. And someone's like, what, what, what's the point? It's it's the whole world to that one starfish. Right. And so when, when we, when we think about these micro moments, these one-off conversations um, with a student here, a student there, whatever it is, I remember one of my um, first days, my first, one of my first schools that I was coaching. Mm -hmm. uh, So this would have been back in about 10 years ago, 2013, 2013. Yeah. Where am I? Um, I don't know what year it is anymore. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. And this, um, I'm walking down the hallway, going from one classroom to another. And this young lady is sitting outside in the hall mm-hmm. and, um, and she kind of had her head like this oh, um, and, and I can't, I can't pass her. I need to make sure she's okay. You know, sure. she's sitting in the hall, obviously I'm, I'm assuming that her teacher knows that she's sitting there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go, are you okay? And she looks up at me and she goes, not really. I go, oh, no. anything? Like, how can I, like, how can I help you? Right. Um, and she goes, no, I just told my teacher I needed a minute to go sit out here. And um, right. like, okay, well, can I support you in any way? Do you need to be somewhere else? To, you know, yeah. and she starts sharing with me the story of what's happening. And, um, and she just, and it was, this time when, you know, I had scheduled to be somewhere else, Mm -hmm. but what presented itself in front of me was so much more important. And the, that young lady being able to even share with her, 
and have her walk away with, and it's because she shared this with me, um, realizing obviously so, but kind of making the connection that our brains are connected to the rest of our bodies. Like this isn't separate. Mm -hmm. If we, if we, you know, skinned our knee, we would tend to it. So if, if our brains and our hearts are being impacted by something, it, it doesn't make it hurt any less just because we can't visibly see it. And everyone is going through something and every one of us who in that moment is, is feeling good or feeling, you know, like they've got some, some extra gas in the tank to share with someone else, please do. There's a lot of social media campaigns that go around, like that so many of us have shared that say, if you're ever questioning whether you're loved, call me like, and we're not alone. and, And there are times when we feel very alone and it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. There's so much that we as adults um, are not okay about too. Right. Right. And if we're not even giving ourselves permission mm-hmm. to reach out to our friends, our support teams, our families, whoever it is that we feel safe and comfortable with. And if we don't know anyone, then, you know, there's there's always somewhere to reach out to. Absolutely. And I think that, I think that that's the biggest piece of what we can control is who we show up as energetically. Absolutely. And and with, as teachers, as adults in our schools, Mm -hmm. being able to energetically show up with this norm Mm -hmm. that mental health matters And feelings matter and emotions matter. Right. If we just give space for that permission, Mm -hmm. or at least starting somewhere. How many colleagues do you know that are not comfortable with feelings or emotions in their classrooms? Oh, a ton of them. Um, And I will say that you know, I don't go home with these people, but I don't feel like they're comfortable with just feelings and emotions, just their own. Usually, at least what I see is that teachers that are not comfortable sharing with their students are usually not comfortable navigating those things in their own lives. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's difficult to teach what you don't know. Mm. So that just shows that this thing is, it's, it's cyclical. Right. Mm -hmm. Because what teachers did they have when they were growing up Mm -hmm. who were able to talk to them and, you know, where they were able to feel safe. Yeah. So. And so I think that for what greater purpose conversation goes for us adults to have within ourselves. Absolutely. Why are we showing up where we're showing up? Right. For what greater purpose? Absolutely. Absolutely. For what greater purpose? Yeah. I I've, chosen the work that I get to do in the world for the greater, greater purpose of, you know, living my life on purpose so that I can inspire others to do the same, right. To, to really just live with this level of consciousness and intentionality to your choices, to who you're showing up as, even if it's an intentional, I'm having a bad day and it's, I'm just, I'm choosing that today, choosing a crappy day 
choose it consciously. Mm-hmm. And that's why I continue to have these conversations. Why, you know, I am nudging this conscious educator movement and creating the playground where it is this safe space for us to have these conversations. Absolutely. And it's, it's time for us to have them consistently, mm-hmm. n- not necessarily on a podcast, not necessarily, you know, out in the public eye, but we need to be having them mm-hmm. and we get to have them as adults. Right. Even if it's not part of the curriculum of what's okay with the parents in your schools as adults, you get to be able to speak up for what you need. Maybe it's not at work. Maybe it's at home. Absolutely. But as educators, take care of yourselves first. Make sure that your mental wellness is a priority for you Absolutely. in your homes, in your working environments, whatever it is. That's one of the things that, that Stacey and I put together, um, my sister and I put together with the mental health recovery plan um, that we designed after uh, the hurricane in Florida. And we're going to be refining that plan, uh, unfortunately, to be sharing with schools who go through tragedies like what happened in St. Louis and Uvalde and Columbine and Sandy Hook and, 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 right? Um, where it's bite size for you as educators to really have an anchor and have some tools and strategies at your fingertips um, of what you can do. Uh, how you can take care of yourselves, how you can show up and just have safe space for your students to navigate whatever they're navigating, because there's a lot there, no matter what the event is that is outside of their daily rhythm. And unfortunately, it's not going to be the last one. And you know, a hurricane's not going to be the last one. A tornado's not going to be the last one. An earthquake's not going to be the last one. It is the world that we live in. Um, and the biggest thing that I want you all to hear for yourselves, for your students, for your families, is you're not alone. We're all in this together. And it's going to take each of us to create better and to solve this together. We, we can't solve it alone. I don't have all the answers. Dear, dear God knows that. Um, but collectively, mm-hmm. if we keep having the conversations, we will make progress. And that's the best we can do is each day wake up for 1% of progress. And if all of us are making 1% of progress every day towards showing up for ourselves intentionally on purpose and creating that ripple of impact for those around us. Mm -hmm. We will make a difference. We will be able to get to a place where our students, our loved ones, our colleagues feel safe to speak up when they're not okay. And that's my wish. Sheba, how do you wanna wrap up this conversation? So I just wanna say, um, I love teachers and not just because I am a teacher, um, a special teacher of mine changed my life. So the beauty, even though we know that things in the system are all messed up, the beauty about what teachers do is they inspire children to greatness. We're living in a world where we're going to need technology. We're still going to need bridges built. We're still going to need all of these wonderful things. And teachers, K through 12, 
give what they know to these students willingly because you, you can't see what that child's future may be right then, but they give it to them so that these kids have the opportunities. So I just wanna end by saying um, thank you to all teachers because teachers are some of the bravest people that I know. In all of these school shootings that we hear about, there is always a teacher that has passed away doing their best to protect children. And the fact that you go in just to teach children and without even thinking about it, to save a child, teachers save children in so many ways, whether it be from a bullet, whether it be from mediocrity, whether it be, you know, from feeling unseen. So I just, I just want to end it by saying, just thank you. These times may not always be very bright. But what you do as educators, we understand the importance of that work. And I just want to say thank you for all the teachers that, that help my own children navigate their way. Because it's not always going to, you know, I, I can't expect to teach my kids everything. So for every teacher that enveloped my own children that I birthed and that just showed them different ways to do things and different ways to think. I'm thankful. And for all of you out there that do this work, I'm thankful for you. And um, my prayers and my best wishes is that you and your students are always safe. Thank so you. that's where I'm at with it. Thank you, Sandy, for having this platform for us to even talk about these things. Yeah. Yeah. One micro moment at a time. Absolutely. That's how we're going to navigate this one Absolutely. micro moment at a time. Absolutely. Remember, you're not alone. And immense gratitude. I will echo what Sheba said immense gratitude yeah. for every educator on this planet um, yeah. in the work that you do. Yeah. So, with that, sending you all much love. Um, and yes, please stay safe and take care of yourselves. You matter first, you are worth it. I love you all, and we will see you next week. Thanks for joining the Conscious Educator Playground. Subscribe to this podcast and join our Conscious Educator Playground Facebook group. You can find me at Sandra Marie Herrera across all socials. I look forward to seeing you on the playground again soon. Cheers to another week, living your life on purpose. Mm